Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? It's 2004. The BBC have just announced Doctor Who is definitely coming back. What were your thoughts then, Ian? Uh, I wish it was 2004. Anyway, um, <laughs> it'll make it so much easier. Uh, I So I remember this period very, very clearly. So uh, they announced that Doctor Who was coming back uh, and there was huge speculation as to who the Doctor would be and the papers were full of the normal nonsense stories about this, that, and the other. Not quite as bad as when McGann, the McGann film, where they were like doing weird stuff like a rapping TARDIS and American Star mm. and things like that. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, so I, I was, I was apprehensive because I thought it, if it comes back, ah, uh, it's, it. I couldn't see it working in any way because if they brought it back in the same manner that they they made the classic, it wouldn't work. I mean. The classic showed that it, you know, it didn't move on. Mm. If they brought it back as a modern show, I thought oh, that's possibly not going to work. And then I thought it's all down to the actor they choose to play the Doctor. That it, it will either strike a, a note with with non fans, the the general audience, or it won't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was almost immaterial what the, fan, the fans thought at this point. I think we mentioned last week, didn't it, that it's like when we got to Sylvester McCoy's era, the only people left watching were the fans. Were the fans, yeah. Yeah, and that wasn't a big enough audience uh, to do it. And it wasn't also an audience that you could ever win with. You Mm. can't win with the fans. Oh, Um, boy, don't we know that. Oh, yeah. Whatever you do, you're you're damned, aren't you? Yes. You know, there's no way of winning. Um, And then it was announced that um, Russell T. Davis was going to produce and I wasn't familiar I had not watched things like Queer as Folk and stuff like that but I know he had a very a very good reputation as being an excellent producer so I thought oh this could be in safe hands again depends on who they get to play the Doctor and then they announced that it was uh, Christopher Eccleston and I think the vast majority of the public went who? Mm-hmm. But weirdly, I'd only just just as they announced it, I'd only just seen him in there was a I think it was on ITV series where he played Jesus. So he he was a, he was the reincarnation of Jesus, oh, and right. uh, I can't I don't think it was a, a Moffat script, but it was it was really good and he was excellent in it. And so I thought, yeah, I th- I think he could play it. So I I was actually looking forward to it. And then um, I remember I went to the first trip ever to Blackpool. And it was uh, about a week or so before it was due to air. And I went, do you remember that? Was it Thunderbooks or something it was called? There was like a sci-fi shop in Blackpool. Oh, yes. Yep. And uh, I went in there and they were talking about it. And weirdly, that morning, I got a copy of the pirate. You know, they it, it got leaked. Oh, the did first it? Episode. I don't remember yeah, that Ro- at all. Rose got leaked. And weirdly, it was leaked 
with the original theme music from like Tom Baker's era and with slightly different titles and with some of the effects differently. And I'd watched it and I, I really wanted to say to these people, oh, I've seen it, it's actually, you know, it's actually really good. Um, but yeah, so, so it, was, uh, it was an interesting time to be yeah. into So Doctor was there Who. a buzz in that shop that you wanted to say to the people? Were no, they talking it was in- about? incredibly negative. Oh, um, right. And I think that was the case. Fandom was, was quite negative about Doctor Who coming back. I think there was a feeling, and we've mentioned this before, that when something's over, as a fan, you can compartmentalize it and say, that's mm-hmm. done. And I think that's preferable to a lot of fans than, than stuff continuing. Mm. Because how can you ever f- finish your collection if it's carrying yeah. on? Yeah, and I yeah. so so the I remember the, the the feedback was very very negative from the fans, and even once it started and once it proved a, a huge hit with the general public, um, fandom was pretty much negative about it, um, and has been to this day. Mm. There seems to be this really weird thing where the current who is rubbish, and until it's the next Doctor comes along, and then the last Doctor was the greatest Doctor ever. Yeah, until the next and and. I think that's where negativity and fandom really, really started to take over. I mean, it was always there because we had it in the, the, you know, the JNT era and that. Mm. But I think they had, they had found their feet by that point. They were running fandom. Gotcha. So I was, I was very much out of fandom at that point. I couldn't, I really couldn't stand being around so-called fans. It was kind of toxic back then, wasn't it? Very, very toxic. Very mm. toxic. Mm. What were your thoughts on New Who coming back? Well, well, well strangely... No, we call it New Who. New, 15 new Who. years yes. old. Yeah. Well, strangely <laughs> enough, I mean, on. you know, I, I mean, I've said on Effectively Speaking, you know, I'm not a fan of reboots and everything no. because it's a case of every time you're disappointed. Yes. But, but the fact that it was the BBC doing it and they hadn't, you know, handed it across to a different channel or something like that, you know, Sky weren't making it or yeah. whatever, that gave me some encouragement and enough time had passed that I realised that, well, they're not just going to try and continue what they did before. And I, I didn't know uh, Russell T. Davis at all. I, I, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. So I, I, I was more, more I, I was quite open-minded, more open-minded than usual uh, to the prospect. Plus also, you know, this is 2004 when it's announced, we had our son and he was four, and I'd already started him on the lighter Doctor Who's so we had already started watching Doctor Who's together so when it came out in 2005 he's five and I can remember <coughs> distinctly that Saturday night there was such a buzz do you remember that Saturday night I mean yes, it yeah. wasn't for you you had already, no, already well seen it, it. Well, but I, I remember I, yeah. and, I, and I can distinctly remember yeah. sitting on the settee with my five-year-old son thinking yeah. bloody hell this is me. I've now got a son who's five, and we're going to watch a brand new Doctor Who that I've never seen before. And I really had that sense that everyone in the country was sitting down yeah. to watch it all together as well. Yeah, I mean, it was because, because, um, yeah, we we were in the same boat that that our, our three sort of boys sat down to watch it as well. They didn't last long, I don't <laughs> think, um, other than other than Dave, the youngest. Um, but yeah, it was definitely. It felt like a, a sort of almost a passing of the torch, didn't it? Yes. It didn't. It'd been long enough that, and I think it needed the rest. I really do think it needed the rest. And it'd been long enough. We'd had the Paul McGann movie, which was okay, but wasn't great. And I suppose I think my thoughts were just get the stories right. Yeah. 
Yeah, That's what I was hoping. Right. Yeah. But mixed up in that is the fact that, yeah, very nicely put, the torch is being passed. Yeah. It's, the, it, it's the same when me and my son went to see The Force Awakens and, you know, and we're sat in the cinema and up it comes, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and I squeeze his hand because I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with my, yeah. my, my children that I did when I was their age, you know. Yeah, there was, there was um, very much a connection to the past. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think what a lot of... Uh, probably a lot of new new who fans don't realize is that there was a huge reluctance on the bbc's part to tie it to the old series yeah they they went down the route that this could be a reboot we're not saying this is the ninth doctor as such in the program yeah. we're not saying that this is the same doctor in the program we're not saying it's linked to what happened before and they were very much playing it i think quite wisely playing it sort of close to their chest and saying we want it to stand on its own because you remember the there was there was not going to be a dalek story no the the, the bbc said that the terry nation state of terry nation wouldn't allow them the rights um they were still negotiating but and it was very much everything's going to be sort of set on earth there's not going to be anyone featuring the same power because i i'm trying to remember when we got the first flashback clip of the doctors and i think it might have been and when when was it? Because I know there was one on Matt Smith's first one, and I can't well, remember whether David Tennant did. Well, we've got references, haven't we? In, with the ninth about you know um, you know this time war had already yes. happened, yeah. so so you, you, you know there's references back there. It was quite um, nice that the the whole time war in the beginning was play. It was just a it was a throwaway thing. It was yes. It was just a way of explaining why we we're, we're not going to meet loads of time lords. We're not going to meet Daleks. Um, like I say, the, the Daleks weren't even really mentioned until they'd cleared up the uh, the rights issues. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different beast. And, and watching this, again, this is the first time I've seen these two episodes since they were first aired, I think. Um, Do you have them on DVD? Yes, yeah, I got, the, I got that god-awful TARDIS-shaped box set that they did. Mm -hmm. So, because, yeah, it... Basically, I mean, cause I think it says on it the complete new series. It doesn't even sort of say it's the first because I don't know whether they thought it would carry on. Um, so yeah, so I've got them, and I, I think I've watched one or two, mm. and I might have watched this one, but I can't remember it. But yeah, so this it was really interesting coming back to this. Also, as as I, I think I said to you um, during the week, what's really weird is because it's a really old DVD, and I'm watching them in a, a Blu-ray player that naturally upscales. It gives it a vid-fired look, so it makes it look like it's filmed in a studio on video, mm. which is a lovely nod to classic. How it used to be, yeah. yeah and it was re it was a surreal experience watching it in this way. Mm. Um, but yeah, it uh, yeah it, it, it was eye-opening. I think we'll, we'll get to sort of certain thoughts on it as we go through the story. Yeah, like yourself, I haven't seen this since transmission. Um, yeah, that's I don't 15 it. years ago. Yeah, I, do, I don't own it on DVD. Oh, right. um, the only Ninth Doctor DVD I have is the DVD that includes Dalek, you know, because right, it's got okay, Dalek yep. in it, so I bought that one. Um, so, yeah, it was an eye-opener for me coming back to it. Um, yeah. My abiding memory, I mean, you, you, you know, before it started... Um, Christopher Eccleston, I was okay with that because yeah. before that I'd seen him in 28 Days Later yeah. I'd seen him in Our Friends Up North um, which was a really good series and yeah. so it's like, oh great, they're going to go Serious Doctor yeah. yeah, yeah, because you know, we were talking last week weren't we, after, you know, the Sylvester yeah. 
period and then we had the brief blip that was the American TV movie and it's like oh they're going back to serious and my yeah, abiding it, memory yeah. sorry I was going to say there was there was lots of stories in the paper weren't there about who would be the doctor and it was people like Eddie Izzard and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah um no but my abiding memory of of the ninth doctor yeah. series is i like the doctor when he's being serious didn't care for his messing around and absolutely the problem i i have with new who to begin with and maybe as we go through we'll talk about this as we go through but just how the focus goes not from the story not from the threat not from the doctor but to the companion and the companion's family and everything. And it's like, but this is Doctor Who, not Doctor Who's yep. companions. And that was the big problem I had with Ninth Doctor, Tenth Doctor, not so much the Eleventh, but yeah, I had a real problem. And I can remember distinctly, each week is the Blake Seven thing when you're in the fourth season just going, oh. You yeah, know? yeah I, 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 had a, I think I had a bigger problem when it was first shown with the, the soap elements. I think... In hindsight, it was probably very, very clever. Um, it's not my idea of Doctor Who, but I think had they come back without that, it would have it would have been better for the fans. But I don't think it would have hit it big time. So I think I think Russell T Davis was very, very clever, very astute and clever producer. Uh, in in a way that previous producers possibly haven't been. Certainly J and T. In that he would do stuff that was good for the program to yeah. to get it to a wider audience. And the soapiness, uh, there's no doubt about it, appealed to a wider audience. Rose appealed to a, uh, a category of the audience that Doctor Who had never appealed to. They, it yeah. went for the young girl uh, audience. And I thought that that's really clever as far as TV program goes. I have huge problems story-wise with the the... Uh, over emphasis of the companion um, mm. to say nothing of the companion must always fall in love with the doctor oh. and <laughs> be in awe of him and he's the greatest yeah and and this this story is not too bad in that sense. there's a couple of a couple of incidents of that but I was quite pleasantly surprised that uh, Rose was only partially annoying as a character yeah um, I, I was gonna say um the other thing, of course, was that what was announced before the Doctor, I think, was announced was that Billy Piper was going to be the companion. Mm -hmm. And we all went, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> now, t it, Billy Piper's actually a really good actress, and I think she does a sterling job as well. I really like her performance. I just don't think the scripts helped her at no. all. No, no. I tell you what, I mean, watching it, I was watching it almost with horror, because yeah. this is... Doctor Who, but a few years later, you know, as as our children grew up and they went from CBBS into CBBC, yeah. I could see then because I'm not I'm I don't watch modern TV or very rarely I watch modern TV and and when I started watching CBBC shows, I realised that the way that they've been making Doctor Who is emulating it is yeah. the modern way of filmmaking yeah, or, or yeah. TV making. But I'm I'm divorced from that because I, I live in the past and I don't watch mo much modern stuff. So of course it's not going to con connect me with me because it's not really being made for me. And like you said at the top of the show, that's to its credit. You're not making yeah. it for the fans. You're making it for the general public. Yeah, and had had they made it to appeal to us. 
not not you and me personally, but sort of our age fans and and fandom in general, it'd be gone and dead. It'd be dead and gone. It'd have been. Do you remember that reboot of Doctor Who lasted one season? Um, mm. Oh yeah, it was rubbish, wasn't it? That's what yeah. it would be. Um, and yeah, at, at the time I did have. I can remember I had lots of reservations about about the whole of this new season. Um, I have to say, after after watching uh, this two-parter, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was rollicking good entertainment. A couple of things that came out of it though was that a this feels archaic now, weirdly mm. compared to, to new, new, new Who. Um, it feels in quite slow, whereas at the time I thought, oh my god, they're just rushing through all this, and there's very, very little actual plot in it. Yeah. I thought Fair that, especially bit. with part yeah. two. Oh, part yeah, Part two happens. dragged like mad, yeah. and it's like, well, if you had trimmed it, you could have got yep. this into one episode. Yeah. And I think they would now, wouldn't they? This would be a one forty-five minute segment. Going still, very, very yeah. fast. I still think there was the, the um, sort of the notion that that Doctor Who should be sort of about 90 minutes long a story, wasn't there? So Yeah. It, which it, I think works in four episodes, but doesn't necessarily work in just two. Because you're no. right, the first episode clips along, and it, it builds up really well. The second episode, if you list what actually happens in I mean, there's some absolutely cracking dialogue and scenes and, and, and witty stuff going on. But if you had to list the plot, not much uh, happens. They, they escape from the hospital, they go to the crash site, they the solve end. it. The end. <laughs> it's, yes. it's astonishing how little happens. But having said that, I don't mind because this is the story that introduces my favourite new Who character of See, all time. I'm not aware of this because yeah. we, we have to say to our listener, you, you and I, we, we would meet up yearly, you know, yeah. or, yeah. or um, a couple of times a year, you know. Uh, late 90s early 2000s but yep. it was around about the time that who came back that uh, we weren't going to the same shows anymore were we we kind of like drifted apart yeah we drifted apart. so we, we were going i mean we, we we were both in a modeling club and that's where we met and we were going to there was a yearly modeling convention that we went to and then we would also have london trips out and that but yeah certainly by by about 2005 that that was all over yeah, and there was um, no proper internet. No internet. At that so, point. so I think we—I'm not entirely sure whether we kept in touch for a while, but, but yeah, it wasn't really until the advent of Facebook, uh, which was what about 2010, something, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Um, yeah, it wasn't until the advent of Facebook that we sort of got back into talking with each other. But yeah, there's a whole swathe of, of, um, of sci-fi from that era that well, I don't think we've ever discussed. Well, that's what's good about the next few Doctors. Yeah. No, yeah. We, we, we never have. Well, talking about Christopher Eccleston, before we start talking about the, the tale tonight, have you ever met him? Uh, no, no. I, I'm trying to think, of, of the new Who's, the only one I've met is David Tennant. Right. Of the Doctors. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, you I can would talk like, about David yeah, when like we talk meet, about yeah. David. Yes. I would like to meet Christopher Eccleston. I imagine it would be a... And no, no real fault with the actor, but I imagine it would be an incredible disappointment because <laughs> he's not the most, uh, the most outgoing and approachable of of actors. Now, I suppose this I, we probably should mention slightly that so so it was leaked very early on uh, that Chris Eccleston 
was only having one season. Yeah, uh, it would have been in one respect, it would have been glorious to have that as a surprise at the end of the season. You've just got used to this doctor, excellent doctor. What is regenerated? Uh, yeah. It would have been brilliant. But I also thoroughly understand why Christopher Eccleston leaked it, and lots of it's dribbled out since the reasons, and it's it's very acrimonious and very. We're almost back into JNT Sayward yes. territory. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was, uh, oh, no, this was always the plan. Chris only came on to give it a good start, but it was always the plan to replace No, it wasn't. They would say no, that, it wasn't. Though. They've yeah, got to say that, would, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it, it, it wasn't a happy time, was it? No, no. And it's, of this, it's, uh, it's it, it shows how professional he is as an actor that this doesn't come through in the performance at mm. all. No, um, no, even towards the end of the season, you don't get the feeling that oh, this is after he's quit. Mm. You know, it's yeah, he he's thoroughly professional and thoroughly good the whole way through this season. Mm. Um, but again, there was there was almost I don't think he, his his image in fandom has ever come back from this because there was almost a feeling that this actor has betrayed fandom. Oh, well, there you go. There's horrendous. the fans. Yeah, that's <laughs> there they go yeah. again. Um, yeah, I think he was thoroughly justified in what he did, and I think the BBC treated him pretty shittily. But it's a business at the end of the day; they do treat people shittily. Yeah, um, true. But I do feel very sorry for him uh, and the way he was treated. I'd have loved to have seen him have another season. Yes. Yeah, um, it would be nice. Yeah, it what? Would be nice. Um, what do you think about the, the the look? What do you think about the doctor's look? Absolutely fine. A, yeah, I didn't it, have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, this was a bone of contention again with fandom because they wanted him in a frock coat, didn't they? Bloody obsessed mm. with frock coats. Yeah, um, but I know I loved it. I I imagine many a uh, uh, many a uh, U-boat captain leather jacket <laughs> was purchased <laughs> because of this. Um, yeah, the, the 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 prices went right up. Oh after God, this. Yeah, yeah, straight through. The, yeah, I, I I thought the look was really good, and I again very very clever, very clever on um, uh, on Russell T Davis's part to do it so subdued. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, it has to be fair. Um, Chris Eccleston had a big say in it, and he wanted it. Yeah. To be subdued, you know. He's yeah, basically yeah. He's, he's playing someone with PTSD, and he? he's not. You would not yeah. want to be. You know, you wouldn't want to be running around in Colin Baker's coat. No. Can you imagine no. if they'd have let Colin wear this? Oh. Well, Colin said that he that's the it, sort yeah. of suit he wanted, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Um, I have, well, I haven't met him, but I've been in, I, I've breathed the same air as him. That sounds a bit stalkerish. Was he asleep? No, no, no. No, he was walking towards me, actually. Oh, right. Well, not just me, but Matt, you know, yeah. the founder of NeoZaz, right. you know, the, 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 the host, uh, production company for this show Matt and Christy his wife when they came over to the UK you know a few years ago I, I was traveling up to London each day and yeah. taking them around and and Christy is a massive new who fan right yeah and I think the next day we were going to go to the who shop way out in the east end of London and but that day we were I was I was taking them to Forbidden Planet so it must have been like day two, yeah. right? Because that's what you do. You've got to get Forbidden Planet out of the way. Oh, and, and we were walking up Shaftesbury Avenue, right? Right. And so there's me, Matt and Christy walking in a line. And coming towards us is Christopher Eccleston, right? And so I turned to the two of them. I said, 
that's Christopher Eccleston. And they look and they go, bloody hell. Well, they didn't say bloody hell. That's an English expression. But yeah, it is, isn't it? Gosh damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're walking towards him. He's walking towards us. But he had this look on his face of absolute thunder. You weren't going to stop and ask for it. No, and I said to Christy, I don't think we'll we'll stop. And she's like, no, I don't think we should. So we, we just let the ninth doctor walk past us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's good. So that's though. our brief yeah. encounter with the ninth Doctor. Oh. Yeah. So, so he, he, yeah. I mean, he, he probably, if you'd have stopped him, he, he possibly might have been all nice, but yes, hit, hit and miss. I don't know. With a face like that, he, yeah. he wasn't happy about something or other. No, bless him. Unless that's his face, don't mess well, with me. It could face be. I mean, that... a lot of actors will do that, won't they? They they'll put on a, an angry face because so, they just don't want to be bothered. They're not angry. Um, but yeah, it's I, a defence thing. Yeah, I think I think so. I had it with Anthony Hopkins once. I was in Soho Square, and I, I saw Anthony Hopkins, and he gave me a look of, I know you know who I am, yeah. I but leave me you, alone. I dare you to say anything. <laughs> I can't say the word I yeah. want to say, but yeah, it just, yeah. off. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He would right. have probably eaten your liver. Yes, he would have, yes, with a nice Chianti. Yes. Next, I've thought up a, a, a new little thing for us. Oh. Yeah. Is it new who specific? New Who specific, all right? Before we start talking about the story, the question for you is, can you see another Doctor in this story? All right. Good question. Um, hmm. I mean, in all honesty, I can see uh, any any Doctor or any actor playing any part because cause at the end of the day, it's a part, isn't it? Um, would it suit... I, I, think, I think Tennant would be a little bit frivolous. Because it's quite a dark story, this one. Mm. There's very little mugging to the camera. I could see Matt Smith doing it. And I could see... I mean, I, I wish I'd have seen um, Peter Capaldi doing stories like this, that, rather yeah. than the rubbish he did. Um, but yeah, I can't, I, think, I can't see David Tennant doing it. But what I could about see the Tom earlier Baker Doctors? Yeah, I mean, I could see Tom Baker doing it. I could see William Hartnell doing it. Although he would, he would uh, brusquely uh, tell the little kid where to go. Um, yeah, true. I could. I don't think Pat Troutman it would have suited his doctor. But yeah, Tom Tom Baker, I think would. I think Tom him. Baker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think the third doctor would have just been too threatened by Captain yes. Jack. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I couldn't see. Yeah, Captain Jack and Peter, uh, John Pertwee. No, no, that's not no. going to happen. Unless it was a lady. Yes. Captain Jacqueline. Captain Jacqueline. Yeah, and William Hartnell probably wouldn't have appreciated uh, John Barrowman. No, no. We'll leave <laughs> he wouldn't it have that. got it at all. Yeah. All right, one last thing before we get into it. We always, when we uh, talk about a, a new Doctor for the first time, where do you put the Doctor in your ranking? Yeah, it's difficult, because I, I always, I've always tried to sort of separate Classic Who and New Who. Um, but can pra- you merge them now? Well, I think I think we should have to now because it's been 15 years. But I also, I mean, the, the, as as we come back to each doctor, we can yeah. actually move them up and down in our lists. That's true. Okay. Um, I would say that at the moment, uh, Christopher Eccleston, and and I think the the fact that after watching these two, I immediately watched a couple more. I want to see more. And Anne said, "Oh, I want to see more." But she wants to see it because of uh, Captain Jack. Um, <laughs> everyone loves Captain Jack. Um, everyone. Everyone does. Uh, I would say that he's above Sylvester. Yep. I would say he's on par with 
Peter Davison for me. Joint with yeah, number joint, five. Joint, joint five. All right. Okay. I have got him between um, Sylvester, yeah. who is in my last place. Um, he, no, 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 no. Sorry. Um, second to last place is the fifth. Yeah. And before him is the first. So he's between the first and the fifth. Right. Okay, so I'm going four, yeah. three, two, six, one. So again, yeah, nine, sim- five, seven. Similar placing. I mean, we've got different doctors above him, but similar placing. Directly before yeah. Sylvester. Yeah. Except you've got a joint one with the fifth. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. So let's get into the tale. I mean, yes, half yeah. an hour in. Let's talk about the story, the empty child. Um, what do you think of the opening credits? These brand new empty, um, empty child uh, I, credits. I loved them. I thought. I thought. I loved this version of the Murray Gold uh, theme tune. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's there's one. I can't remember whether it's in David Tennant's or Matt Smith's where they they really emphasize the 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 the, um, the drum sound oh i know yeah. the one you yeah made. do you yeah. know that one and i love that that's my favorite one of the new news but yeah i think this is really good this is my, probably my second favorite i think it's an absolutely corking uh version of it like say the um the the leaked copy had uh tom baker music on which was really surreal um but yeah i like these i like the the fact that it's going down a uh a corridor it's going time down corridor. a time corridor oh, yeah. um i the logo i wasn't keen on Mm. Uh, it looks too much like a London taxi sign. Yes. <laughs> to the to the point of you imagine that the designers had, were driving to the BBC and they said, "Oh God, we haven't We've got a design it. for it." Quick, take a photo with your phone <laughs> of the taxi sign. Yeah. Um, it was better than Sylvester McCoy's logo, uh, but yeah, I, it, it's never really grown on me that much. This, um, I think they do call it the taxi sign logo or something, don't they? Because it's okay, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's okay. okay. Um, yeah, it, weird reliance on. I mean, everything at this point was blues and oranges, teals yeah. and teals and um, whatever they call the orange color. It's a it's, it's a cinematic thing, isn't it? It's meant to appeal to us. Um, but yeah, the, I like the titles. They get you going. What do you think about the fact that they introduced a a, a very Star Trekian pre-credit sequence? I don't to, like it. Yeah. No, I don't like it either. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Much rather credits go into it. And straight into the yeah. story. Which I don't even like JD Foster, uh, JD Whitaker. JD yeah, I, I I don't even like you know the um, you know the cast names at the beginning. No. You know, uh, have them at the end. You know, yeah. is it necessary to to put them up? Um, contractual obligation, uh, obligation, I, yeah. I, I suppose. But no, I'm, I'm not a fan. No, no. I, I yeah, I would I would much rather have the cast at the end. There's that there's that weird one where it's. Um, one of David Tennant's where it's got it's like an anniversary one it's got everyone in it and they put everyone's name up and the titles just go on and on yeah and on. yeah yeah. Um, yeah so I mean yeah I, I quite like these titles I think they're alright no 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 it's a good way to relaunch it isn't yeah, it yeah yeah all right, well, we're talking about launching. Some yeah. sort of missile has been launched, and the TARDIS is chasing it. I like the way, you know, we said this about the Blake 7 ones, where you dropped into a story yeah. halfway through, um, and this missile, or whatever it is, is on the way to Earth, specifically London. Yeah, and I, I was a bit put off, because my, my overbiding memory of, of early New Who is TARDIS scenes like this where... Everything's swaying back to force, camera motion, yeah. running from one side of the console to the uh, explosion. 
And I, it started off and I thought, oh no, oh, this, but luckily it's a short scene. I can forgive it this time. Mm, yeah. Well, they land. And, they do. Uh, and the Isn't the TARDIS says, glorious? Oh, it, I love the TARDIS. This, it, this looks so good. It's such a lovely, after we got to the point where the TARDIS prop was a battered old thing, this looks lovely. It's much more um, like the Peter Cushion film yes. version, which I yeah. love this. I yeah. love this version of the TARDIS. Yeah, I am going to have a problem as we go on with this show when we're in New Who about how the fact that in the 21st century the TARDIS can just appear and nobody goes, what the bloody hell is that? You know, it can be in in a high street and nobody bats an eyelid. Yeah, we we get that quite rapidly that no one goes, what the hell? It shouldn't fit in. People should question it. I suppose they could... You could probably throw in a line where, which is the standard excuse for everything now, that there's a perception filter on it. Yeah, oh no, I hate all that. <laughs> which is just, it's ripped off from Douglas Adams' uh, SEP field, which yeah. is someone else's problem. It's like, at least pay him some credit there. Um, yeah, yeah the, weirdly, the, the TARDIS landing is, uh, is awful in this. It's such a cheesy, horrible scene. How can they get that wrong? It looks shitty. Well,. <laughs> It looks shitty because we're in this time where oh the computer can do yes, that true, for us, yeah. you know. But you we've know. we've had we've had since nineteen sixty three perfectly good, you know, back fades of the picture, roll back and fade. Yeah, but Doesn't now no need... no no no. Yeah. The computers are god now, aren't yes, they? Yeah. They'll do everything for us. Yeah, the CGI in this hasn't aged well, as, oh. as you would expect. We've got that yeah. coming up, haven't we? Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the TARDIS lands, and yeah. uh, the Doctor says, you know, uh, the thing they were chasing could have landed anywhere up to a month before them. Yes. Um, first question of the uh, show, shouldn't the Doctor have checked what date it was then? Yes, you would think so, but we need the joke about things falling from the sky. Well, this is one of my problems yeah. with this story: is it's a Stephen Moffat yes. story. Yeah. Oh yes, we should. Yeah, we've not mentioned that yet, have we? It's Stephen Moffat's yeah. first story yep. for Doctor Who, and I've got a bit of a problem with his incredibly clumsy, forced humour. Right? Yes, he's um, he he can occasionally come up with really good stuff but then he feels the need to to buffy eyes everything every line's yep. a quip every scene is a possibility for a bit of jokey action i don't mind humor in its place and i think chris eccleston handles the humor in this one much much better than say uh billy piper does mm. um but then it could be i don't know perhaps he was just pissed off and didn't want to do it i don't know um but when i mean i can forgive I can forgive Stephen Moffat a lot of things because he did create Captain Jack and the, his humour works really well when done by John Barrowman. Mm. But if everyone in your cast is acting like John Barrowman, we're in for a world of hurt, aren't we? Yes. And yeah. that, that is, this, this, these, two, these two episodes are not, don't suffer from it as badly as it, as it becomes. Um, no, no, but I've still yeah. got a problem. I mean, yes. Christopher Eccleston... I, I think he's doing what some of the other doctors do is that they've researched or they've grown up with Doctor yeah. Who. They see, you know, where you can have particularly, you know, the Doctors 2 and 4, where you can switch from clown to serious. Yes. And they can pull it off. But some of these later Doctors, you try it. And it's what we were saying about Sylvester McCoy. It just seems very 
forced yes. and you don't believe it. And I think a lot of the times, I love Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor when he's being serious. But when you've got all that, hello, smile, gurn, gurn, yeah. gurn, all the time, it, I, I just find it a bit irritating. Yeah, he, when he, I, weirdly, I thought the only, the time in this when he works really well as far as the, the slightly less serious is when he's talking to the kids and I don't know whether it's because he's bouncing off of other actors and yeah and that works when he when he sort of it's almost like he's doing a Tom Baker in he's becomes a kid when he's you know I mean talking yes. to him. but this first bit where he, he goes up and goes hello and I, yeah it's like ooh, yeah 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 and talking about bananas and all this yeah. sort of thing no 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 the only new doctor that I think can pull it off because he has got that charisma to do so is Matt Smith yeah, I like it when Matt Smith does that, but when the others try it, it's just like it—it it draws me out of it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's there's a, a tonal shift in certain scenes that is, it yeah, it brings you out of the program, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they've landed. Rose <coughs> sees a kid in a gas mask. Yes. Now, up, is this up on the roof? Is this meant to be the? empty child because i couldn't work it out because he seems a bit too animated and pointing no i and, think that is looking. the empty is it child because yeah. he points at the um the uh barrage balloon it's like what are you interested in that for no i, th- I yeah. think that is him okay yeah it'd be yeah. a damn coincidence if it wasn't yeah we've got terrible comedy where the doctor yeah. goes into that club yes and for for some reason gets up on stage and says hello everyone um have you noticed anything falling from the sky just lately and it's like but you should have checked you always checked yeah. where you are and what this, time yeah, it is this is this is again you say about uh, Stephen Moffat's sense of humour I think he has a very high opinion that he's writing comedy gold mm. and it's not because it's this whole thing relies on the doctor being blind as a bat not noticing that people are wearing uniforms not noticing the posters about World War 2 on the wall and just their you know, dress, not yeah. just uniforms, not, but their, their style yeah. of clothing, yeah, the, the exactly, 1940s yeah. clothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also they've they've wandered in. I do. I I loved. Uh, I got to praise the cinematography on this show. The nighttime scenes are absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but when they look up, I mean, we'll get to it in a minute with the CGI sequence of Rose on the barrage balloon. But the sky above them is absolutely filled with barrage balloons yep. search and things like but he didn't notice any of these barrage balloons when he was walking in from the TARDIS no um, and especially, yeah it's it's a, again all for the sake of this rather not worth it joke yeah yeah you know, and it, of, like you say it, it draws you out of it a bit doesn't it, does, it? Yeah. You know? yeah but yeah we do we have Rose hanging from the blimp don't we? Yes. Um, um, that scene. I don't. I watching it. I, I had to rewind it. It's like, how did she become dis disengaged from the ground? She sort of like stumbles into it and it takes off. Well, it's like she's climbing a she's climbing a ladder or whatever it is or the the, the signage the thing and then the ropes there and she grabs the rope as if it's like, uh, oh, it's a rope. I would climb up that. But it's it, it's almost of a. I mean, there's a whole episode of Dad's Army basically with yes. that one plot point you know, yes. the day the balloon went up and you can picture Corporal Jones doing this but why as soon as it started going up why didn't she let go of it yeah, yeah. you know 
yeah. And also, you know, um, you know, Corporal Jones hanging onto the rope works in Dad's army. Yeah. But this is serious. Yeah, this is it's meant not to be meant serious to, drama. It's meant to be a comedy. Yeah. You know, as I do, that you know, in the Second World War, they weren't tethered to the ground by ropes. It was steel yeah. cables because yeah. the rope would just snap. You know. Yeah, exactly. They were. Yeah, you did get barrage balloons that during an attack the steel cables would be shot away or yeah yeah they didn't just untie themselves and float off no it is a bit silly but but that we're going to talk about the dated cgi in a minute but you know that nighttime shot of london from the air looks terrific still now with all the fighters coming in and the bombers coming in that still looks fantastic yeah it's it's a bit too busy for my liking, but you can understand. Well, it was the bits. This, yeah, but this is the trailer shot, isn't it? This is the shot to yeah. get into the trailer. And do you know what? I mean, I said last week, I'm a sucker for World War II era. Mm. Um, I think Doctor Who tends to handle it really well, uh, and this is no exception. I think the, the 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 time period adds immensely to this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I like the next bit when the TARDIS phone rings. Yes. Now that is a creepy moment because because we're used to this now that the doctor can call anyone on his phone and yeah yeah but back then of course the phone wasn't real the TARDIS shell isn't real it's not an actual phone no. um, so this was a really creepy moment and that I think that's what this first episode not so much the second one but the first episode gets right is it's really damn creepy it, I've got creepy quite a bit in my notes yeah yeah. Yeah, and this girl just appears out of nowhere and says, "Don't answer yeah. it." Yes, she's really good, the, the actress playing this yeah. part. It could have, it could have gone very badly wrong. Cause it, it, especially in part two, it can become very maudlin and twee. And uh, but I think she's really good. She handles it really well. Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, I've just said about you know the doctor getting up on stage, yeah. you know, the, the the silly nonsense. But here in in this moment where it's like, well, that phone can't ring. He drops that all. He becomes serious, yes, and he's you know, excellent. and and, yeah. and that, yeah, exactly. That's why I've put the doctor where where he is at the moment. He might go yeah. up and down yes. as we talk about other Ninth Doctor stories, but he's excellent when he's serious. This is great for me. Yeah, and he's. It's really weird as well that he he is the Doctor in this, isn't it? He's acting in a Doctorish manner. Mm. He he immediately. You picture him. This is the Doctor. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, you're right. When he's serious, he is. I mean, Chris Eccleston, it has to be said, is an absolutely amazing actor. Probably yeah. one of Britain's best. I don't think he gets the recognition he needs or should have. Um, but yeah, and he's bringing his acting chops to this. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, straight after that, that's when we get Rose saved by Captain Jack. Yes. So. I mean, I, I have to confess here that Captain Jack is by far my favourite New Who creation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love, I love the character. I, 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 John Barrowman, I think, is a very funny man, a very nice man, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just adore it. So, so the, the introduction to Captain Jack is handled really well. It's, it's strange that even at this point there was quite a bit of fan reaction to the what was termed the uh, the gay agenda. And yet you watch this now and it's so subdued. Yes. Compared to what TV what is will like come. now. Yes, yeah. 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 And uh, I I thought it, even at the time I thought it was it was brilliant that Captain Jack was uh, omnisexual mm. uh, because it doesn't it 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 takes away any 
you know any biasing or anything like that he is he just he, he loves everyone he's, he's from the 51st century you know yeah. um but then on the back of this, so we wa- we watched this, me and Anne, and she wanted to watch some other Captain Jack episodes, and then it was like, well, should we watch, uh, watch the first episode of Torchwood and see what it's like? And uh, I have to admit, Torch- the first episode of Torchwood has aged immeasurably well. It, it is actually better now than when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, Captain Jack, I mean, if, if Stephen Moffat never brought us anything else, he's gone down in history for bringing us Captain Jack. And and it, like you say, it's a great introduction. Yes, it's a good, really good. Great save of Rose, you know. Um, but before we find out his backstory, we go back to the Doctor. That's yep. where the Doctor meets Nancy, because yep. of course she's got these homeless kids. It it's not subtle, is it? That you know she's in charge of all these homeless kids in London, and she's called Nancy. You know. Yeah, there's there's very little subtlety in this. Also, the the whole of this Nancy looking after the kids, the 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 far the the father of the house that's on the black man. This all feels like they've added it in as padding, which is really weird because there's no other sort of story really going on. This story is so slight. Yeah. I mean we we were moaning about other stories where there's not a lot happening. This is in, this is incredible. This is this is so I was watching it and thinking what is this it oh my god it's this mm. literally you, this is a paragraph's worth of writing yep that's been stretched out um and thank god they've got a good cast reading it because nothing happens no no well and as you said earlier you know uh the ninth doctor is great with the kids he sits down He's and he brilliant, want, yeah. he, he wants some food and that yeah. and yeah that's all believable and you can yep. Uh, go along with all that and that's when we get this uh, empty child appears at the window and then at the front door what's this then never easy being the only child left out in the cold you know i suppose you'd know i do actually yes it's not exactly a child What happens if he touches me? He'll make you like him. And what's he like? I've got to go. Nancy, what's he like? He's empty. It's him. He can make phones ring, he can. Just like with that police box you saw. Mummy isn't here. 
I am my mummy. No mummies here. Nobody here but us chickens. Well, this chicken. I'm scared. Why are those other children frightened of you? Please let me in, mummy. I'm scared of the bombs. Okay. I'm opening the door now. It's, it's really well done and creepy. I must admit the Are You My Mummy rapidly loses oh, its in, creep In factor. the second one, yeah. I was getting very, very irritated at it. Yeah. I, a week apart, when we first watched it, fine. But when you yes. watch the two yeah. within a day of each other, when, it's like, yeah. bloody hell, this is getting a bit irritating now. When you consider that how, how little there is in the script and that half of it is just Are You My Mummy repeated ad nauseum. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, Stephen Moffat got paid for this. Um, but yeah, as as Anne said, halfway through the second one, when it kept going on, she goes, "No, I fucking am not." <laughs> it, just, it does get it. It becomes. I think, that, and and also, what we've got to remember is this is the start of Catchphrase Who. So up till this point, you've had you've had the odd little throwaway bit like reverse polarity, even though it was hardly ever said. But this is the start of Doctor Who having catchphrases, isn't it? I can, mm. I can. Chris Reckleston's fantastic. That's okay. People do say that, and then it got really stupid with Alonzi and all that sort yeah. of nonsense. Um, but the the constant repetition of "Are you my mummy?" Yeah, is both. You can see it, why it works, but is also incredibly uh, 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 sort of cynical in creating the catchphrase. Yeah. Another thing that um, I picked up on, which I would never have done, you know, back then, because yeah. it's the ver first Stephen Moffat, is he, he tends to put into his story something that happens and it's like, oh, the typewriter's still going. And you get that yeah. bit of music, yeah. you know, and, and, and that seems to be a staple in his writing that there's suddenly a yeah. shock moment. And then well, the same chord of music happens. Yeah. But it's also, it's, more, it's, it's even more than that, isn't it? He's got this thing where, like you say, something will be happening in the background that you're not paying attention to. Yeah. It will carry on. It will be ominous and it will be something because it carries on past my... And it happens, what, two or three times in this one two-parter. Mm. I mean, and then it happens a huge amount of times in, like, Silence in the Library and that. It's, yeah, yeah he, has a, he has a style of writing. Some might say a limited repertoire, but that would be uh, cruel. Um, but he has a style of writing that is very much goes through the same motions over and over again. It's a Terry Nation thing. It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it works, yeah. Right? but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah even yeah. in this, you notice it. You're waiting for it. Uh, they do it the once, then you do it the second time, and then you're waiting for it, and it loses all impact. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But back then, when we watched this first story of his. We didn't know any of that. Looking no. back on it now, you can go, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a Moffat back, back thing. Back then it yeah. was, yeah, because we were in our innocence back then. Um, yeah, it just seems like, it's like, oh, that's good, it's creepy. It it, it feels like, um, it does feel, it's got a horror film vibe to it, hasn't it? It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, not, a top notch horror, yeah not a top-notch horror film, but, you know, perhaps an amicus. But no, right, yeah, you're right, one. yeah, you're right, it's, it is quite, quite a massy. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor, because he's the doctor, tries yeah. to communicate. Yes, you know, there's this there's this thing outside the front door and he tries to communicate but he's pulled back by Nancy and Nancy says, Don't touch him. He's empty yeah. inside. What does that mean? What does uh, Nancy mean by empty? Title drop it, it, it 
I imagine <laughs> I imagine he's written the title first, and he's got to get in an explanation for it. Um, I presume she means he's he's got no soul. He's got no. Her son is not in there. He's empty. All right. Um, okay. All right. He gets well, quite chatty what... for not having it. He does. Yeah. He gets chatty through the phone, through yeah. the radio, anywhere that's got a speaker grill. Yes. According to the doctor in the second part, yeah, yes. not not quite sure how that works. Uh, no, yeah, that's very much a um, a magic type thing. It's a Moffat thing. A Moffat yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, we go then to Captain Jack and Rose. Yes. He's yep. in his in his invisible spaceship. Yes, and again, this this feels like. I mean, I don't, you, you don't mind watching it because it's it's you know Captain Jack and Rose, and it's. Some, you know, but it's it's incre- It's just padding. It's pure padding. But it's great padding. Yeah, it's great padding. But it is padding. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love I love um, the fact that this Captain Jack we see is very different from the later one in that the Doctor hasn't hasn't tempered him. He's he's an out and out con man in this. He doesn't like yeah. him. The Doctor doesn't like no, him no, at all. At all. Yeah. It's really it's weird, isn't it? Because you're you're so used to them being friends and that afterwards. But yeah, he's I, almost he's almost the George Cole character in the Centrinians films. Yes, he's yeah, just he's a flash spiv. Harry, yeah. Flash yeah. Harry, that's it. Yeah. He's a Flash Harry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have yeah. put that yeah. on music. <laughs> um, yeah, he... I mean... I think they really lucked out in getting John Barrowman to play Captain yeah. Jack because on paper, the character should not work. He should be the most obnoxious. Can you... I mean... I mean, I don't know if you remember the Star Trek episode, The Outrageous Akona. No. And it was a very similar sort of character, a Han Solo-ish con man. Rah, rah, rah. And it's awful because, unfortunately, the, the character they've chosen to play him, which is the, the guy from The Rocketeer, it, it isn't great in it. But I think they so lucked out here that John Barrowman has the, the, the sheer personality yeah. to make you... It, you're Instantly, you're, you're, you're like, oh, I... I am interested in this character. I want to see more. I, w- I will instantly forgive him anything, sort of thing. Yeah, um, he is interesting. Yeah. You know what we hear from him. You know he knows that Rose is from the future. Yeah. Um, you know he's incredibly charismatic. He looks yeah. great. He's got an invisible spaceship docked yes, to yeah. Big Ben. I mean, what is cooler than that? And, I know, and to make it even better, they go cool. up onto the roof, don't yeah. they? They go up yeah. onto the roof. He's you know he sees World War Two as just a a backdrop, and it? it's just something. To make him look cool, it's uh, yeah, it, it it it's he's superb. Perhaps we should put him in as the uh, put him in our list of doctors. <laughs> yes, we should. Yeah. Yes. Well, Nancy knows about this missile, this thing that yes, has landed, yeah. and where it's landed, but it's guarded, and the doctor, our doctor, will need to talk to the doctor first. Yeah. Again, a nice little, a nice little touch that because. As fans, we're all still waiting for some some sort of uh, reference to old doctors now, isn't it? And uh, you still think... Uh, I, sorry, I'm just going to sneeze. Now. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Ooh, perhaps I need oh, to see Oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, um, yeah so you're, you're, when, they, when she says you need to see the doctor, you, start, you think, oh, is it a possibility? <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's yeah. going to turn up next. Yeah. But he doesn't. No, he goes off Victor to the Meldrew Albion Hospital. We get Victor Meldrew. Yeah. Yes, yes. Isn't uh, it? Isn't it weird? I think you mentioned this the other day as well. How little he's in it. I remember him as being like the guest star. When we talked about Terry Leptil, we yeah. said about how Agrarian 
is in it for like yeah. two minutes and you think he's going to be in it more. Victor Meldrew, I remember him being in both episodes. Yeah. He has he has incredibly little to do. Um, but isn't he brilliant he when is, he's, he's there? He's superb, yeah. I'd love to see him as a doctor. He would have been a good doctor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is... Weirdly, this is... this. Although we didn't know at the time, and I don't think at the time it was, this just feels like... You know when they, they like in um, they would introduce in American sitcoms an obvious spin-off show, yeah, yeah and it yeah. feels like that, doesn't it? That this is the Captain Jack spin-off, yeah, uh, episode, which I suppose ironically it did become, um, and everything else is very slight. And this is this is the same again. That yeah, the, a great character actor, um, but he does he does nothing as this Doctor really. No, I remember it, him having, having loads of scenes with Christopher Eccleston. And in this, it's like, I'm watching it, it's like, oh, what? Oh, what? He's turned already. Um, it's one scene. Yeah. Isn't it? It's one yep. scene. I mean, you've got all these wards of children all wearing the gas masks. Yeah. And then you've got another ward with adults wearing the gas masks. They've all got them, the gas masks fused to their flesh. Yep. They've all got the same internal injuries and they've all got the same cut on their right hand. And I love, you know, old Victor in this when he goes you know they're not dead and that's when they sit yeah. up it's really really good it does it's again it's a, it's one of those Stephen Moffat jump scares that doesn't make a lot of sense because they're talking louder than the noise he makes yes yeah, when he bangs true. his hand down so why were they not were they, are they just certain noises they're attracted to yeah I do like that that Stephen Moffat scene though where you know Victor says before the war I was a father then a grandfather now I'm a doctor and you know the doctor says I know the feeling that's yeah. a little acknowledgement of the past isn't yeah, it? Yeah and it's, it's nice it's subtle you can pick up yeah. on it if you want but it's, it's not, not hammered home yeah, it's is not it? knocking you over the head with it yeah. yeah but the next bit that's when Victor changes Yes, and you know it starts creepy enough but Again, it's the, you know, the middle of the 2000s computer animation, especially TV computer animation, yes. isn't refined. I mean, and boy, is that dated yeah. now. It looks, it looks awful now. I mean, at the time, I don't, like you say, I don't think it was top notch at the time, but it was certainly miles ahead of anything we had sort of running up to it. Um, on TV, on definitely. On TV, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it looks awful now. Um, they obviously put a lot of effort into it. Which is good, um, but yeah, I I don't know how they could have done it with practical effects, but it would probably look better. Do you know about how they were going to put a sound effect of the bone cracking when oh, yeah, this I've, happened? I think I've but read they realised yeah. it was too disturbing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we move on from that, um, and shortly after that, the Doctor meets you know uh, Captain Jack. Yes, and, they and we get that. Don't get on. They don't get on, and I'm not surprised because we've got this rubbish Mr. Spock references yeah. all the way through. We've got oh, these God, terrible. Again, yeah, yeah, this you know. is Stephen Moffat basically wanted to write for Buffy, didn't he? Or this yeah. is all. This he is thinks all he's Buffy. Joss Whedon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he thinks he's Joss Whedon. Wants a bit of that Whedon money, um, he, and he's not sadly. Um, and this, this is just—it's almost cringy. The yeah. pop, the the so-called pop culture references, because it also it makes no sense. So does that means Star Trek exists in the Doctor Universe as a television program. Looks like it. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, 
Colin Baker has starred in Star Trek, the the new adventures <laughs> ones. So does that mean that Colin Baker, the actor? Yeah, it's that you start. That's the trouble with you get away with it in Buffy. Yeah. Um, but you can't you can't really get away with it in in this because it opens up a can of worms. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it all, it, yeah. Also, it's just not funny, is it? No, 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 no. Um, we find out that yeah, that's when we find out that Jack is a con man. Yeah, he's he he sent out this what he thought was a piece of junk uh, to somewhere he knows is going to be destroyed in the near future, and he's yep. he's using it as bait for a sucker. He yep. thinks you know the TARDIS inhabitants are suckers. You come along, I'll sell you this very very valuable thing. The transaction happens, and oh my goodness, oh what a shame, it's blown up. It's not my fault. Yeah. And, it, and it seems that he's done it before. I mean, you've got um, oh, yeah. references to Pompeii as well, haven't you? Yeah, I imagine he's done it quite a bit before. We've got to remember that this isn't Immortal Jack either. This is, this is normal lifespan Jack at the moment. Yeah, ex-time um, agent. Ex-time Jack. agent, yeah. So I imagine yeah. he's done it quite a few times. Um, yeah. Some nice little references... You know, to a mysterious past, which they don't really pick up that much on. Um, I guess you would have been up for a Captain Jack spin-off series then, with him, with his invisible spaceship, going through time with all his little scams. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we got Torchwood, so that's sort of the Captain Jack spin-off. But yeah, it would have been nice to have a... I was, I was hoping they might do a few episodes of Torchwood where it was like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think their budget stretched to it somehow. <laughs> If they yeah. couldn't film it in Cardiff, it weren't going to happen. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, yeah, I would have been happy for that. Can you imagine that? Yeah. They could have done it like the Time Tunnel, just use stock footage of... Yeah, of, just of bring them in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The next thing I've got written down is stupid sonic screwdriver justification. Forced yeah. and clumsy. I mean, oh, for goodness sake, it's the sonic screwdriver. It's a staple. You yeah. don't have to make it a butt of jokes, do you? No, I mean, I, I, I quite like the Christopher Eccleston throwaway thing where he says, um, you know, have you never been have you never been bored at night and had a lot of shelves to put up? I quite like that, but it's the older stuff around it where they keep, yeah, you know... that's the, what I mean. It's a Sonic. Sonic what? It's a Sonic. Sonic yeah. what? So, yeah. Like I say, forced yeah. and clumsy. Well, it's, a, again, this sort of... You get in a lot of stuff where it's the, it's the dick measuring contest isn't it between these yeah. two characters who are fighting over uh what has to be said a quite spotty in this episode uh rose yeah yeah she's true. such a mary sue character isn't she <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah. boy is she yeah. and speaking of her um you know the next bit we've got coming up is the do you dance thing yes and this is so belabored we, we are really dangerously close to tipping over onto the edge of the whole adoration thing here. Yes. This is pretty much where it's just going to start happening, where the companion is in love with the Doctor. And, yeah, I've got a real problem as we go on with any aspect of this bit. Yeah, I don't mind... But it's it's this horrendous, uh, again, Stephen Moffat... We're almost winking at the camera. We're talking about sex, you know. Wink, wink. Yes. We're talking, nudge, nudge. We're hey, talking hey, about nudge, sex. Nudge, nudge, wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> do you dance? Do you? He says knowingly. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, it's so belayed, but it's like, yeah, we get it. We get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Um, he is good next, though, because we get that. Re- I, I really like it. I'd forgotten about the scene 
between Nancy and Rose, where Rose, you know, tries to console Nancy and says, look, this isn't the world now. You know, I'm from your future. I'm from a future London. I'm not speaking German. The Germans don't win. I like that little scene. Yeah, so when, and this is, I mean, Rose does, is very variable. And But when, when she's well written, Billy Piper is is mesmerising. You can almost see what they were aiming at with her meant to be this totally pure, bigger-hearted sort of character. But it just, I just wish they hadn't have made her so quippy. Yeah. And, yeah. and get rid of the family. We don't need to see the family. Oh, Man, that the mother—that's yeah. the biggest problem I've got—is the mother. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll come back to the mother at some point. Yeah. Won't I mean, we? my my whole my whole problem with Rose's character is that at heart she's not a particularly nice person. She treats Mickey abysmally. She mm-hmm. treats she treats the doctor abysmally. She's she's just a. I mean, pro- it may be very very realistic writing, but she just seems to be a horrible person. Mm. I don't know why. Why in all this time and space would the Doctor fall for this one? It has to be said, she's meant to be, what, 18? It's a, it's, it is very creepy. Yes, yeah. And this Bordering is why when we've reached the 10th yeah. Doctor and it's, oh, Rose, my Rose. Yeah, and it, gets like it gets worse. It gets worse, yeah. 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 I think That's what I mean. She, I mean, yeah. we're on the edge of the precipice yes. and we're just about to go over it at this point. It's almost like they thought, I mean, I don't know what their respective ages are, but it's almost like they thought we can't go too far down this with Christopher Eccleston. But then, as soon as they, as David Tennant comes along, it's it's okay, it's okay. But it's still, it would be weird if they were both human of that respective ages. Yeah. But the fact that he's meant to be like a you know a, a fill in the blank X thousands of years old alien, yes, yeah. seen everything, been everywhere, and then, and. Moffat's a one he's a one horse person. So when River Song comes, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Every, every female character that, that Stephen Moffat writes for has the same voice. Yeah. And it's Buffy. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Alright, well, next we find out that that missile junk thing was full of battlefield nanogenes. Yes. It was a it was a Tula ambulance. It was a Tula ambulance. Yeah. Um, Jamie, when it landed, had accidentally been killed. Yeah. This is Nancy's I'm, I'm son. Thinking, did it land on him? Well, <laughs> you know... Cap- they should have had like the, the, the Wicked Witch with her feet sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Jack says he programmed it to yeah. land where there weren't anybody. Yeah. But you get so, the feeling he's, he, he's a bit slabdash, isn't he? He's all right. Not. I imagine okay. he may have been drunk when he did that. Yeah, okay. Right, so then we find out that the nanogenes had brought him back to life. Yes. But so not too exactly, yeah. because it doesn't know what is human and what's not. So later on it recognises DNA from his mother, so why can't it tell the difference between flesh and plastic of yeah, the ga- that, gas mask? This this is the... I mean, this is a bit of a trope in sci-fi, isn't it? But, I mean, it was it was in, done in the cage in Star Trek, it was done in the android invasion in, in you know, uh, Doctor Who, various things where someone's repaired, but the aliens don't quite know what they should be like. Mm. But saying that, they got it pretty bloody close on, didn't they? Why didn't they think the, the clothes were part of him part of it yeah 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 
Hmm, yeah. Okay, and we also find out that they've gone airborne. They're airborne now, and they're yes. rebuilding all humans that it finds. Yes. And it's... then we find out that Nancy is actually Jamie's mum. Yeah, so you've got to get a little bit of uh, of social um, stick commentary, there, haven't you? That, that, oh, look at the past, weren't they primitive? Yes. Compared to how wonderful we are now. How enlightened um, we are yeah. now. Which yes. is, again, a very much a... Not just Stephen Moffat, but it seems to be a new who thing of... If if you're in the past and you're not one of the hero main characters, you're an out-and-out, out, you're either a racist, Nazi, you're a, a sexist, homophobe... It's incredibly you know, patronising. It's, it's it, horrendously patronising. It was To be fair, it was patronising back then. It feels doubly so now. Yes, yes, yeah. And upon the revelation, you know, that uh, the empty child realises that Nancy is not his sister, but his yep. mother... Um, the nanogenes bring him back to life. Yeah, so so they they her DNA is so close to his DNA that they can now repair him properly because they've got something to go off of. Even though he's been dead for weeks. Yes, but why? My my argument there is why. So the first person he touches, why didn't the nanogenes look at that person and go, "This is more likely than the person we've just." Put yeah. together with no instrument. Yeah, a bit, a bit of hand waving on the plot here. Yeah, all this gets a bit. I there's lots of question marks over all this. Yep. So that's one of them. Another one is a phrase I've not heard for a very long time is software patch. Yes, that's not dated well, has it? No, it's yeah. not dated well at yeah. all. Yes. Um, and next, I've I've written down the captain mounts the bomb. Yeah. So so yeah so he. He flies off doing a, a hand solo. I've got my yep. gold. I'm off. Um, we all know he's not. You know, even though we, we he was a new character introduced, we know he's going to come back and save the day. So he he intercepts the bomb. Um, I'm not entirely sure why why he's riding on the bomb. That's what I mean. Why does he uh, mount uh, the bomb? Other than it looks good <laughs> and they could put it in the trailer. Yeah, it's very Doctor Strange love. It is. I w- well, I wonder if that's what they were aiming at. Uh, you know, almost a, a homage to uh, uh, to Doctor Strange love. Um, it is very strange. I mean, it's amusing, but it's not. It's not particularly uh, well done. <laughs> No, I do like the fact the doctor is genuinely happy. Everyone lives. Yeah, this, for once, everyone lives. This is this is what I like, and Christopher Eccleston's doctor is is really good at this. Is that he wants he wants everyone to be okay. He wants the best outcome. He's he's not out to destroy his enemies. He's not, and I like that. And it's 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 quite adult in a way that some of Eric Saywood's stuff wasn't adult, but thought it was adult and was mm. very teenage. This is real. I love I, I love this, and I got you know I got to admit I had a little tear in my eye at the end of it. It's mm. uh, I think it's a it's a wonderful a wonderful way to end the show that that although the world could have ended it there was no villain in this. No, no. It's, I mean, the, yeah. the, this is Doctor Who adversaries, and the Empty yeah. Child Isn't is really, yeah. a, a, he's a threat. Yeah. So technically, he is an adversary, but he's not a deliberate adversary, is he? No. This is um, this is one of the things where the smallest of things, if used wrong, can destroy the world, isn't it? This is yes. this is in First Men in the Moon where Cavor accidentally cooks Gives the, them the cold. Well, he well he accidentally cooks the Cavorite on the bacon tray, 
oh, which yes. could yeah. cause the entire oxygen supply of the world to bleed out into space. Yes, oh, and sorry. And that's chilling, isn't it? And this is the same thing, that that this is something that should be used for good, and a slight tweak, and it's uh, destroy the world, yeah. Yeah, I like the way also you can retroactively look back at this moment where he says everybody lives. You can yeah. reference that back to, you know... Uh, you know the time, uh, war, the, yeah. the time war and also yeah. when he you, you know Victor says about you know before the war I was a father and a grandfather yeah. now I'm just a doctor you can you can retroactively do that as well it wasn't yeah. intended of course but no, it uh, wasn't intended that but is it quite would, nice this is this is that's the sort of writing I love where people that come later take what was already said and work it in in a naturalistic way yes. it's not retcon it it's, it's not it's not sort of countermanding what was said before but it's it's working in harmony with what we said and you yeah you can look back on it and go uh oh wow yeah it's a bit like the um uh, in star wars where alec guinness is telling luke about uh his father and because alec guinness really didn't want to be there he does it in such a pained way that he's yeah. it's almost like he's embarrassed and you can retcon that and look back and go oh it's because it wasn't the truth was that what they were thinking? No. <laughs> and this is the same boat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Reckleston is he's he's really good in this finale. You do you believe one hundred percent that he's joyous because for once it's going right and no one's gotta die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super, and off they yeah. go. Off they go into the sunset and yep. then we get the um saving of Captain Jack. Yeah. Um again, lo- an absolutely lovely scene. I've forgotten how sort of touching it was i'd forgotten it completely i I knew he was going to come back because of torchwood and all the other times he appeared but that's quite a nice scene between him and his computer his ship computer and he has one last you know cocktail but that's his or whatever that 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 is that's his um that's his arc and reckoning isn't it that that he's he's satisfied that he's going to die but he's done the right thing yeah that's the beginning of the of the turning captain jack into the hero that we we know him to be almost pretty much in the next time he appears. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, this is give praise where it's due. This is Stephen Moffat at his best. It's really yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good, confident adult writing without the need to, to jokey up a, a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I'd like it to have been is, you know, he's saved, you know, I, I, I like the way, you know, they're just there. You don't hear the TARDIS arrive. He doesn't yeah. realise the TARDIS is there. You see it from inside the TARDIS looking out and he comes aboard and yeah. we have the whole introduction thing. I would like it if, you know, the Doctor and Jack had danced at the end. Yes, I I, I couldn't remember whether that happened. And watching it this time, I thought, please, because that'll put Rose in her place. Yeah, you yeah, know. that's what I was hoping. Yeah. But uh, no, no, it's a really nice way to end it. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm looking forward to uh, rediscovering the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, as, I, as I we was. Go forward. I was. I was wholly surprised at just the sheer amount I enjoyed it. Um, mm. I was. I was expecting it to to be okay, to not have aged particularly well, to be duff CG. You know, I wasn't expecting. The, the just the sheer joy of it and the enjoyability and like I say it was quite surprising as well because we finished watching it and Anne says oh is there any more that Captain Jack's in because and it's like yeah let's put some more on and we end up watching mm. like four episodes and then we watch Torchwood um, it's it's incredibly confident return of Doctor Who you can see why and and I think people forget as well just how 
huge the return was for Doctor mm. We, I think I knew it because I, at the time I was working in WH Smiths and um, we had like children coming in and seeing something Doctor Who and going, it's Doctor Who and proud and they wanted to buy it and it was like, oh my God, this is... You were seeing yourself I was, there, yeah, weren't that you? Was, that was me and Blackwell's in Oxford when I was a kid seeing the latest Target book. Mm. Um, and it was it was a, an astonishing time for to be a fan, really, because we we got the first few uh, action figures that weren't Daypole and actually mm-hmm. looked like who they were meant to be and actually looked like human beings. Um, we had like the 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 twelve inch uh, walkie talkies that were amazing. We had the, the annual came back. It was it was a wonderful time to be alive mm-hmm. as a fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, during this lockdown period, um, you know, I've been sorting out our attic, yeah. and you know, our son's going to be twenty this year, you yeah. know, and but all the Doctor Who action figures are still up there, really? you know. So, yeah. Did you have you got an empty child? No, no. I've got a Captain Jack though. Oh yeah, I've got about eight Captain Jacks all sealed <laughs> up in the attic. All yeah. right, okay. Behind the scenes now, um, you said much, much earlier, when Captain Jack mocks the Doctor about what he's wearing, uh, about the leather jacket he's yes. wearing. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it is a genuine vintage 1938 German U-boat commander's jacket. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, this is really weird. And this happened with Torchwood as well. So before this, you could pick those jackets up for like 20 30 quid from like silverman's or something like that they, no one wanted them and then you when you said oh this price suddenly went up it's like yeah they did and it happened the same with captain jack when torchwood came out so i'd i'd literally like about a month before torchwood came out uh, i was at beltring military fair and there was a guy there and he had like about That's six, down the road from me I, yeah, i've seen the photos farm. of you there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um it's good you have been to it it's a good show good show yeah, yeah. I, I always remember the tank yeah. Driving over the top of the cars. Yes, yes. yeah. So I, there was a guy and he had a, a, a an absolute pile full of um, RAF trench coats, great coats, uh, three mm-hmm. quid each. And so I no. bought, yeah, I bought one, uh, tried the load on, got one that fitted. And it's still up in the attic. I should get it down, actually. And I, I wore it to death. But about a month later after I'd bought it, and I'd been wearing it around town and that as just a coat, nice and warm, um, Torchwood hit and he was wearing a, an RAF great coat. And suddenly, they were like 70, 80 quid. Yeah. And they've never recovered. No. But yeah, no. I like I like the uh, the Ninth Doctor's leather jacket. No, no, no. It's smart. Yeah, really it is. Smart. Really it suits him. Yeah. Uh, next thing, when Captain Jack tells Rose about a fully equipped cooler warship. Yeah. Uh, cooler is actually the name of a restaurant, right? where Stephen Moffat first met uh, Mark Gattis, Rob Sherman and Paul, Can- Paul Cannell to celebrate oh, right. getting the job on Doctor Who. Oh, wow. Yes. So, yeah. uh, so is that that he, he uses uh, place names in a clever and imaginative way, or he's just a lazy man? Listener, let us know what yeah. you think. Yes, yeah. And, of course, you know, Captain Jack is a former time agent. Yes, which were first mentioned in the Talons of Wang Chiang. That's right, yeah. So because um, Magnus Greel expects the time agents to come after him. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So there you go. There is a reference to the past. This is not a reboot. No, yeah. that's true. True. And also, um, in uh, in the the the, uh, 
the Patrick Troutman uh, one where it's set in a land of fiction. What's that called? Mind Robber. Yes. Um, the the guy, the master in that. So the master's in that. Or a master's in that. And he wrote the fictional adventures of Captain Jack Harker. I think it was. Oh. And I always think, ooh, that's close, isn't it? That's, that's close. close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, location filming for this yes. took place at the Barry Tourist Railway on Barry Island. Oh, right. it, 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 it's got exactly the same feel as the night filming they did for uh, The Ultimate Foe, the Colin Baker story to me, that heavily uh, it's heavily lit night time. It's, really, it's right. very evocative. I, I like it. I like it much better than if they'd have done Day for Night or something like that. Yeah. The, the, the other story I've got previous story i've got mentioned is the fact that they also filmed at the now gone butlin's holiday camp all right um which was also a location for delta and the bannerman ah was it the same one the same one yeah but of course filmed at night so it doesn't look the same all right so that's behind the scenes uh next thing we talk about is other media there is an eagle moss figure do you have the eagle moss figure Uh, i don't know not of the empty child i haven't got any of the empty child stuff well, I think that's the only empty child figure there is, is the boy, is Jamie. Yeah, the, well, know? there's also there's a, a character options Jamie, isn't there, as well? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so, next thing we go on to is the design rating out of 10. And this is, I think this is, this is going to be a bit difficult, because it's just a boy in a yeah, gas mask. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I, I... This is... The, okay, this is going to be one of those totally back to front ones so the actual design i don't think there's any design really in it so i'm, I'm going to go with three because it, you're, you're right it is exactly that a boy in a gas mask yeah now effectiveness yes <laughs> that goes the other way because it's very it's cleverly filmed it's cleverly shot it's cleverly staged the are you and my mummy gets a bit monotonous very monotonous but i would i would go this is a Seven and a half, I think. For oh, me. seven and a half. Yeah. I've I've got seven. Oh, right. Okay. So that's seven point two five. Yeah. That's quite a leap, isn't it, from three? It is. And it to does, seven point two five. You, you don't need overly designed things to make things creepy. It's the way well, you film them. Exactly. Learn take, from t- this Hollywood take it, TV. T- yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. All right. Well, if you if you add those two together and divide by two, that gives you an adversary rating, and he has an adversary rating of five point one three. Right. Where's that put him? That puts him slightly below the Vord. All right. Okay. But just above the abom- abominable Yeti. I think that's fair. The that's Vord fair. would have him in a fight. I Oh, definitely. That's another thing to talk about when we uh, get near the end of the show is Fight Club. Oh, wait, basically. Who, would win? who would win in the fight? Shall we do it? We'll yeah, do I that nearer the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, the next thing is uh, Earth Date. Well, yep. it's quite clearly specified here. It's 1941, yes. isn't it? Yeah, it's another one of those where it's an exact time given. In fact, yeah. we, we, can, we can say the... Because I should have made note of it in Torchwood, they, the first episode they mentioned when Captain Jack uh, was last seen in 1941. And right. It's, it's like the 21st of May or something like that. So we could narrow it down even more. Okay. Uh, well, well, if he's in 41, if the if the Ninth Doctor is in London um, in 1941, the nearest we've got to him is 1943, last week, with yeah. the Seventh Doctor in Northumberland. 
So they're only two years apart, the ninth and the seventh at this it, point. To be fair, especially with New Who, World War Two gets quite crowded, doesn't it? Well, that's why I like doing this Earth Date thing. Yeah. I think as we go on, it's going to be becoming incredibly crowded, especially London or, or the southeast. You know, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we go, um, um, do I we know do you the, like these. Don't we do the um, the the Tardis crew for each Doctor? Best one. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, uh, okay. Yes. Well, we should have done we that at got, the beginning but, of the show. We haven't got much right. choice in this one. Okay. So uh, companions then. So I, I think. My favourite run of episodes is the Doctor, Rose, and Captain Jack. I just think it right. works really well. Okay, um, I don't know because, as I say, um, <laughs> apart from one either. DVD, I've not watched any of them. So at the moment, I'll, I'll agree with you, yeah. but um, I don't know. So, all right, we'll come back to that one. Yeah, all right? I, I think a lot of people forget that that for the rest of this series, Captain Jack became a TARDIS. Traveller. Companion. Yeah, yeah, a proper companion. He was really good. And they, it, they worked well because they rapidly drop the uh, fancy and rose sort of thing. They just mm. become like good friends and it works really well. That's how it should always be. That's how it should be, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, as I say, um, before we go, uh, we've got a shout out time. Excellent. I like shout outs. A very lengthy oh, shout out right. time. All right. From iTunes. It's right? not someone pointing out how wrong we've got stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Can I say, if somebody did point out we were wrong, I would read that out as well. That's true, we yes. just haven't had one yet. All right. So it's from KCDC230. Right? A robot after my own heart. Yes. There you go. Yes. On iTunes. As I say, a lengthy one. So right. are you sitting comfortably? I'm sitting comfortably. Everyone's cats, cats watching. So. Okay, here we go. I enjoyed the Blake Seven in Character podcast so much and was really sad when it finished. However, I was really pleased to hear that Eric and Ian were going to follow up with this Doctor Who podcast. I was never as much a Doctor Who fan as I was Blake Seven, but listening to the new waffling from you two has renewed my interest to the point where I've subscribed to BritBox to oh, watch wow. every episode right from the very beginning. Can we have some money from BritBox? Yeah, Box can here, they sponsor please? us? Yes, please. Yes. What better way to spend lockdown after all? So this is a huge recommendation to anyone with even a passing interest in the subject. Keep up the fantastic work, chaps. Ah, oh, well done that, Robot. Yeah, thank you, Robot. Yes, that, that, that was very nice, wasn't it? That yes. was really nice, yes. It always um, uh, astonishes me that a, people listen to us, and B, people enjoy what we're waffling about. Um, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's very gratifying. Thank you. Yes, yeah, and, and it gives us an encouragement to, to continue. Ah, we'd it? still carry on even if no one would listen. Yes, yeah, well, let's talk about that, because yeah. um, next time we're going to the 10th Doctor. We are, we? yeah. And it's your choice, Ian. And it I, is. As again, I have absolutely no idea what you're going to say now so this so this hit is me, Ian. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one because this is one i remember quite well by how again haven't seen in what was it about 2006 this one um i imagine it it may not have aged well but this is uh, tooth and claw this is the werewolf the royal family werewolf right that's have the one with it? the that's the one with queen victoria that's correct yeah it's the pauline birth of, the birth of torchwood yeah pauline what's her name collins collins yes who was yeah. in she was in doctor who as well wasn't she in that one uh, the faceless ones the face the lost yeah. one yeah. yes yeah 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 well, i always think lost. of her with john john and john alderton yes that was it yeah yes yeah. honestly no honestly it was called or something like something that. like yeah. that 
got to look into that. Yeah. Have you Ooh, got it? tooth? No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. As I say, these are all on Netflix. Yeah. So that's not a problem. But to- Tooth and Claw, that equals werewolves. That equals yep. 2006. That equals CGI fur. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I think now we've this, got something to talk about. Yeah, this. I think this will be interesting because this is, this is the point that fandom fell out of love with Rose, or a lot of fandom did. Is it? It is. Yes. This is the point where she tipped over into, into the pair of them being really annoying for most of fandom, or a lot of. I won't say most. That's a hyperbole, but a lot of fandom. This was the point. So I think it'll be interesting. Is it? I remember enjoying it, but you know, I was much younger. So was I, and, and I watched it, it once. Yeah. <laughs> I rem- I watched it once with yeah. with my son, um, and so oh okay. Be no, interesting. No, no, that's fine. Are you going to watch it with with your son? See if he remembers. That, that, it. That's, that's a very good idea. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, if if I say to, to him before we see it, yeah, what do you remember about this one? Yeah, and then you know, compare, make notes, and compare it afterwards. Because we've got those little. Do you remember those little books? They were like half the size of an A4. Which were the uh, Doctor Who companions? Oh yes, yeah. I, I think I, we've yeah, got I, all yeah. of them. Yeah. So, I've so if I show him somewhere. a picture from it and yeah. say, "What do you remember about this?" and can you watch it with me? And I'll I'll make notes. Yeah, it'd be interesting because it's not only werewolves. We've also got uh, a Victorian period. We've got uh, killer mm-hmm. monks, kung fu Have monks. We? Yeah. Have we? See, I just remember werewolves and Pauline. All right. All right, well, okay, to be continued next time. Excellent, look forward to that. All right, thank you then. No problem, (laughs) thanks then. Cheers, Ian, bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.